Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. It's a joy that you are with us for Church Online. And this morning I have the privilege to bring God's message. So let's dig in. And I want to begin with a story about a man who, who couldn't read, he couldn't write, he was illiterate. And, and he excitingly, he came to know Christ through the Salvation Army. So he went to the Salvation Army regularly to the Citadel there. And one day he came home and he was rather down. And, and his wife said to him, what's the matter? And he said, I, I've just noticed that all the people at the Salvation Army, they all wear red sweaters and I don't have a red sweater. And so she said, you know what? I'll knit you one. And so she knitted him a red sweater. And the next Sunday he went to the Citadel and he still wasn't happy when he came home. And his wife said, what's wrong with you? And what's wrong this time? And, and he said, I just noticed that all their red sweaters have yellow lettering. And his wife, she was also illiterate. And she said, don't worry about it. I'll embroider some writing on there for you. She had no idea what she was going to write. So she proceeded to copy a sign that was across the street on a business. And, and so she copied this lettering. She put it on a sweater and, and embroidered it on there. And, and so when he came back the next Sunday after wearing this newly embroidered sweater, she said, did they like your sweater? He says, they love my sweater. Some of them even smiled at me when they saw my sweater. And what neither one of these two knew was that the sign at the store in the window, she, what she had copied and put on the sweater said, under new management. And that today is what I want to talk about, being under new management. Well, today, how many of you like new things, new clothes, new cars, new this, new that? Of course, we all do. We like getting new things. And some people even like to do new things to themselves with things like plastic surgery. And they, they get a new nose, a new ear, a new look, and even up to a new body. So people go to great lengths to make themselves new. There's just something about new things that excites us, at least for a while. We love to wear it. We love to drive it and, in, and live in it and enjoying that new thing until it finally joins the used things like everything else. Then we start looking for something new once again. Well, we can change those external things in our lives, but we, what we cannot change is the real me and the real you. You can change your clothes, but it's still you on the inside of them. You can get a new body makeover, but it is still you on the inside. Having all the new things in your life may fill a void in your life temporarily, but eventually the new things become the old things and the cycle repeats itself. And we're really never fully fulfilled. We cannot change who we are on our own. What we need is not new things. What we need is a new life. Now, the person who looks like they have it all together may be miserable on the inside. And the other who looks like a complete train wreck may be the happiest person alive. How is that possible? Well, I want to emphasize today that we cannot be new unless we're in Christ, according to what the word of God says. 
The answer is obvious to those that have already chosen to believe and follow and abide after Jesus Christ. And, and sometimes even as believers, it's not so obvious. And, and the answer for those that are still seeking is definitely not obvious. God's message is just one of messages, if that, of thousands of messages that we receive every single day. We're bombarded with messages daily telling us that we need this new thing or that new thing to try this way. And if we do, it will improve our lives and make us better. We're bombarded with images of models, business tycoons, sports icons, actors, actresses that on the outside look like they have it all together but nothing could be further from the truth. It is not by accident that we keep coming back to this verse. God's been speaking through his word to us, a message that he desires us to learn, to know, and to live. In John 10, 10, we read, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about those words. These words, they, they give us something to ponder on and think about. If I am already alive, why and how can Jesus give me life? And what is full life? Now, it's obvious we're not just talking about living. What, we, we can be living a life without meaning and a purpose, so not knowing what we're living for. Now, this morning, we're going to look at God's creation to nature to draw a parallel as to what God desires to do in each person. Our example this morning is the butterfly. Now, a butterfly goes through this process before it becomes one. It is first larva. It's simply this useless, squiggly little tiny mass that cannot do much but wait to be changed. And eventually it develops into a, a, either a prickly or a soft caterpillar. In, in time, a thick film covers the caterpillar, and this is called a cocoon. Now, during this cocoon time, a chemical reaction takes place on the inside, changing the very genetic makeup of that insect. And soon after, what we call a butterfly emerges. It spreads its wings and it takes flight for the first time. This life cycle is known as metamorphosism. Now imagine being a caterpillar for a moment. You are out for a walk and you come across a large boulder in your path. Now this boulder, it's a roadblock blocking your afternoon stroll. And now you're going to have to turn around and go back or walk around it. Now, imagine you're a butterfly, a caterpillar in its new life. And as a butterfly, you look at this impassable boulder, not as a roadblock, but rather you look at it as an invitation to a landing pad on top of it. And from there, you get a better view of where you are going. What once seemed like an impossible, immovable obstacle is now something you can now fly over and beyond. See, God desires each one of us to fly. He wants us to fly from yesterday's failures and tomorrow's fears. God wants us to fly into a new life and life to the full. The caterpillar has a new identity, a new beginning, a fresh start. And so do we when we abide in and follow after Christ. This brings me to my life verse. 
To me, a life verse is something that I can stand firm on, knowing that should everything around me crumble, that everything in life looks like it's a country song, that should my today be worse than yesterday, but tomorrow will be twice as worse as today. You know what I'm talking about. A life verse to me is like a life preserver. When I'm alone in the middle of the ocean attempting to stay afloat, this verse keeps me buoyant. It keeps me floating. I can rest knowing that these words bring me comfort despite my circumstances and situation because God's word never fails. Anyone here have a life verse out there? Yeah, I know you do. The wonderful thing about God's word is that he speaks to each one of us differently, even if it's the same words. So my life verse is, and I'm going to be reading from my preferred Bible version, the Amplified Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified, we read, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as a savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. Now, in the Message Bible, it says, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. Behold, we are a new creation in Christ. God did not refurbish us. You and I, we are butterflies to our heavenly father. Get the picture in your head because Christ in you and you in Christ, you can look at that boulder and have joy knowing that you're able to overcome it. Well, let's go back one verse though to keep this in context. In verse 16, we read, so from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Now, it's quite possible that you find yourself still considering Christ from a human point of view. You know, he was a good teacher. He was a, a great moral leader and a pretty nice guy all around, right? And he was a great public speaker. But Paul goes on to say, we no longer look at Jesus in this manner. And then back to verse 17, notice it does not state that anyone who believes in Christ, it doesn't say that because even demons believe in Christ. No, it says that anyone that is in Christ, grafted in, joined to him by faith, anyone, anyone, that means anyone that is fully surrendered to Christ is not just better, no, but rather is completely new. That's exciting news. Amen. Now I could tell you, I'm not who I once was because of Christ in my life. Now that's not to say I've not had to work through issues and struggles in life, living in a broken world because I have scars to prove it. Some are self-induced and some have been caused by others. But what I can tell you is this, I did not know about Jesus growing up. Now I remember reciting this thing called the Lord's Prayer in school. I, I really 
didn't know what it was all about other than it was routine, you know, so single Canada check, right? Recite the Lord's prayer check review homework. Uh, oh, we had homework, right? <laughs> I know you can relate. Uh, when I was in secondary school, I was uh, what you would have referred to as a rocker back then. And uh, some of you are in the age group, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, leather coats, ripped jeans, studded belts, and some form of heavy metal shirt trying to look that bad boy part. And looking back, I could laugh out loud because that was ridiculous. But we were kids and we were all defining ourselves by how we dressed and the music we listened to and the brand of cigarettes that we smoked, the beer that we drank and the weed that we toked. Like I said, I didn't know any better. Now, there were really three groups in high school, the rockers, the preps, and the mods. Mods were everyone else. Now, we actually would have high school, school against school rumbles, which were large group fights, often rockers against preps from different high schools, and the pointlessness to it all, looking back, but with no compass, with no direction as to what life was about, I found myself amongst the various tribes attempting to make my own way and keeping my head above water, deeply in need of a life preserver, but not knowing what a life preserver was, let alone how to use it in my life. I remember that there was this group of teens that would gather at the cafeteria during lunchtime. And while the rockers were doing what we did, which was usually nothing that we would tell our parents about, this group would sit at a table across from each other. And well, it looked like they were studying with their textbooks opened. And there was a girl in this group that I kind of liked. And so I would often swing by the table and I'd poke fun at someone. I'd shut their textbooks or push their books away. Face it, I was being a bully and a brat. And, and well, I was trying to get this girl's attention. And of course, that didn't work. But in the years that followed, I learned that they were Christians and, and they were having Bible studies during lunch. And they were always kind to me, even though I had been a, a big jerk to them. And I actually got to know some of them. And fast forward many years later, I went to college. I met Isabel, went to church, got saved, got married, had kids, etc. Right. So one day we were talking with some friends from the first church that we attended. And and they said they had a, a picture of Belle and I and the kids on their fridge. And their cleaning lady said, hey, I know that guy. And I went to high school with him. And our friend said, really, that's David Gagne. And, and he and his wife live in Exeter now, and, and they're pastoring a church in that town. And the lady's name was Carmen. And yep, she was one of those Christians at that high school table. Uh, she said to our friend Sandy, no, that can't be the same David I know. There's no way he became a Christian, let alone a pastor. You know, I have to guess that it was quite the conversation that followed. And I'm glad I was not there for it. <laughs> All to say that David, that guy, that guy that I used to be, he's long dead and gone. <sighs> that is not who I am. And that is the old life and the life that I now live, this new life. And I can only do this because of Christ and him in me and I and he and his gift of grace that I'm able to even stand here today and share with you. So a few years ago, uh, a couple of my high school friends, they they reached out to me. We used to do things we shouldn't have done, of course. And well, we were the boys that moms warned their daughters about, put it that way. So years passed and one of them became a high school geometry teacher. Yep. You guessed it, the same high school. And the other went into sales. 
So they emailed me and they invited me to play golf with them. And so I replied to their email and I shared about what had happened since high school and shared about the most important thing that had happened to me. And that was that I was a follower of Jesus and that those days were way behind me. So I let them know this because from their email, it sounded like it was going to be a, a party time golf game. So I wanted to go and reconnect, but I, I let them know that I was radically different person. I love a good party, but their party plans were probably very different from what I consider to be a good party. I never heard back from them. And I was very much glad because of who I am now is far better than who I was then. In fact, I'm a new creation in Christ, and I'm not digging up that old, dead, stinky body that was washed away when I was baptized. Amen. So let's go back and look at God's creation again to discover the amazing parallels of the creation of the earth and the new creation of a born-again Christian. So in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2 and verse 9, we read this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, before the creation of the world, it was formless. It was empty in darkness and submerged underneath water. How does this relate to us? The word formless in the Hebrew is, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but tuhau, which means confusion, a place of chaos, a wasteland, nothingness. Before we became a new creation, we were we not confused was life not chaotic? We were empty before we became a new creation. Now we tried to fill that with emptiness. We tried to fill that emptiness in our life, that, that, that void in our life with all the wrong things. We were in darkness, not able to find our way. I was running into brick walls of sin and being knocked down. We were submerged underneath the waters. And as we were dead and buried under that water of our sin, we were lost, sunk, submerged, and dead. This is a perfect description of how we were trapped in sin. We were formless, confused, empty, in darkness, and buried underneath our own sin. Does this describe your past? Or possibly this hit a chord where you are currently in your life. Whether today, tomorrow, or a year from now, if you find yourself trapped in sin, I want you to know that there is hope in Jesus, in him, in his name alone. Now, if that's you, please keep listening to this message. Uh, it's for your ears and God desires to do an amazing work in your life. Know that there's an upside to today's message, and I'm not here to depress you, uh, but rather I'm here to encourage you through God's word and to see God release you like a butterfly. Now, during creation in Genesis chapter one, verse three and verse nine, God says in verse three, let there be light. God said in verse nine, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God said, let there be light. It is the word of God that brings light. It says in Psalm 119, verse 130, the unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. If you're a follower of Christ, there was a time in your life when you were in darkness, but the Holy Spirit led you to Jesus Christ. 
In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, Paul wrote, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Amen. We were confused, empty, in darkness, and buried in our sin, but the Holy Spirit brought light into our life the moment we surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. In verse 9, we also see that the water is pushed away. The earth, which was submerged beneath the water, now came bursting up through as water, like a resurrection. What was once buried was now alive. The creation parallel is you, if you're in Christ. You were once empty, in darkness, buried in sin, now raised from the dead, full of the glory of God, enjoying the light of Jesus Christ. This parallel also applies to you if you're seeking Jesus, as it sheds light on what will happen in your life once you surrender your life to Christ. It doesn't stop there, though. It gets better. The effects of creation we can find in Genesis 1, verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. The earth is alive and producing fruit. The effects of us as new creations can be found in John 15, 5. We keep coming back here. I think God's trying to tell us something. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Just as the earth was made alive, so are we when we surrender our lives to Christ. The evidence of life is vegetation and fruit. The Christian life is no different. Also notice that it was on the third day that the resurrection of the earth happened. In creation, there was an initial chaos, darkness, emptiness, and death. And then on the third day, there was a resurrection unto life and fruitfulness. The Lord Jesus allowed himself for our sake to be crucified on the cross in darkness, and he died for our sins. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. He had victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Through his suffering, we can now have this new life. We are a new creation because of him. Amen. Now, because Jesus died for you and for me, because he died for all humankind, because he died for our sins, past, present, and future, the scripture says, because of what Christ has done, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Oh, many of us may not feel like we look much like Christ because of the cocoon that's still laying over across our lifestyle and our daily habits. And maybe you're stuck in a job, a career that you're not happy at. You don't know what to do, where to turn. You're frustrated. And that comes out in your actions. Maybe it's a relationship. You feel like you're, you're, you've hit a dead end with this and all of the fun, all of the joy. It's been replaced by pain and confusion. Or maybe it's an addiction and there seems to be absolutely no turning around, no way out. You're, you're sick and tired of feeling helpless, feeling trapped by this addiction. But you don't see any hope of getting free. But maybe, maybe, just saying maybe, maybe it's your religion. You go to church every Sunday. You do all the things that you're supposed to do. You tithe, you pray, you read your Bible from time to time. 
when you remember to, but you don't feel anything. You, you feel like you're just going through the motions. You don't feel like hearing testimonies because you feel like you don't have one. Let me say this to you. Religious behavior may make you nice, but only Christ can make you new. Amen. Now, there's a lot of dead ends in this thing we call life. Okay, the truth is life is empty when it's lived without the one who created it, who created you, created you with a purpose and a plan in mind. Now, if you're trying to live life without knowing and serving Christ, you're going to end up stuck at a roadblock with an oversized boulder in the way of living and at the dead end wondering, how did I get here and how do I get out of here? Now, you may very well find your, that there's distractions that keep you occupied and you're finding new ways to take your mind off the fact that you're at a dead end. And you may find various ways to, to medicate that pain for a time being. But the truth is, you know, you're empty and you know that there's got to be something more to life than what you currently have. And you're right there is, and it's not religion. There's a lot of religious people that are the most miserable people and trapped people you'll ever meet or find. When Jesus came to the earth 2000 years ago, the biggest critics were the religious people of his day. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could be religious. Jesus came to set you free. Amen. In Isaiah chapter six, uh, chapter 61, verse one, we read the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to the prisoners. If you're not shouting amen yet, this is a good time. Now, don't believe me. We're going to read in John 8. 36 from God's word. And this is different versions just to drive it home today. So it says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free. I know you all said it indeed. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So if the son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. If the son gives you freedom, you are free. Believe me now. Hope so. So what happens Here's a question. So what happens when you know you're in Christ, but you don't feel new in Christ? So Jesus says, come right where you are, as you are. He's not surprised by where you are. He's God. He knows what sin does to our lives. He understands how it tangles us up, how it brings us down, how it takes us places that we never intended to go. He knows. He knows because he died for all sin. Jesus says, come as you are. Come with your doubts, with your questions, fears, and insecurities. Come with your darkness that we all can fall into. Come with your sins and struggles. Jesus says, come. It doesn't matter your background, uh, your skin color, whether you have a lot of money or no money, hair or no hair, clothes or no. Wait a minute. Yes, please come clothes. But Jesus is saying to come, come. And church family, can I, as the young folks say, uh, get in your grill? Can I get in your face? As the French say, can we have a tete-a-tete, a head-to-head -tete, -head time here? I hope I have your attention. Now, if your heart is not prepared to welcome any and all 
no matter their current condition, situation, or circumstance, I pray and ask that you ask the Lord to renew your heart so that we as a church family, as a family of faith, as a group of called out followers of Christ, that we are a place and a people that those in our communities and city know that they can come to just as they are, because greater is Christ who is in us than anything this world has for a soul that is seeking salvation that they will know that we know him, the Lord Jesus, by the love that we have for one another and for all. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me on more than one occasion and praying for those that yet do not know Jesus as Lord. The Spirit said to me, are you ready for church to get messy? And it will. But, but... What a joy our church will experience when we see and we hear the amazing stories of persons being blind, but now they see they were lost, but now they're found. And, and that church family, that, that is truly a desire that we share as a family of faith to see as many as possible come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Are you ready for church to get messy? To see lives changed and to see your neighbor, your coworker, your son, your, your granddaughter, the nice lady at the checkout, that jerk that just cuts you off on your way to church. Are you ready? You know, the businessman that donated millions to charity and the homeless mother of three that has a crack addiction. Are you, are we, church family, are we ready to see lives changed so that our God, our Lord, our Lord Jesus, that he be glorified in the city of Niagara Falls? I hope you are. I know I'm ready. And I've been praying for you. I've been praying for our church, for those yet to hear the good news. So Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, open our eyes and open our ears that we would hear and see the leading and the directing of us to be your hands and your feet. I don't care if church gets messy in the process because my life is not my own, right? And if we can be there for those that yet need to hear the truth, make it messy, Lord. Amen. In Christ, we are not just a better person. We're not just turning over a new leaf. In Christ, we can have a new heart a new spirit and in them new light and life, new affections and desires, new delights and joys, new eyes to see with, new ears to hear with, new feet to walk with and new hands to work with. In him, we can be made new and live a full and complete life. In Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, we read in him, we have redemption. That is our deliverance and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with his riches of grace. And Paul communicates very clearly to us in Romans chapter eight, verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. There's no guilty verdict. There's no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. I believe we all could use a reminder in our daily lives, possibly a red sweater with the words under new management to remind us that the life we are living is a new life given to us that Jesus had to pay for. And I'm going to close now with uh, our last verse today. And it's in Ephesians chapter four, verses 21 to 24. And we read this. 
When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in your the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Every day, every day, God gives us the gift of a fresh start. Your circumstances do not determine your future. Every person hearing, listening right now, right here, right now, God is lovingly giving you the gift of a fresh start. So what's your next move? Will you stop and turn around at the roadblock? Or will you spread your wings as a new creation and soar over into what God is calling you to do, into his purposes for your life. Will today be your fresh start? Tomorrow? If not tomorrow, when? I'd like to close and pray for you as I do. Let's pray together. Would you join me? Lord, thank you for today's word. Thank you that it would challenge us where we are, right where we are. And I would pray that if those with ears to hear today we're challenged by the word spoken. It wasn't just another Sunday service, check out and now go do whatever. But if they truly were challenged, that would take this very moment and pray and seek you and ask you for forgiveness and that they would be a new creation in Christ. That because of you, Lord, and only because of you, that we're able to be changed into new creations. Remind us through your word that there's no condemnation by being in you. You desire all to come to you. Come as you are. <laughs> but you'll never leave the same in the presence of our Lord. I would pray that this message of going from a larva to a caterpillar to a butterfly has spoke to your hearts this morning, that you are able to overcome, not because of anything in your own doing or in your own strength, but because of Christ in you. You are grafted in when you believe, you follow, and you abide in him. Thank you, Lord, for all those that were able to join in today and for those that have taken time to join in whenever. We would just pray that this message would have a lasting, resonating impact in the lives of those that would have ears to hear. I pray for each one of them and ask you to bless them. In your name, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.